0: Huh? Sorry, I hit the wrong right oh, okay. So I'll leave the last frame a little bit longer. Sorry about that, yeah. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. I warned my children, I said, Y'all stay up till midnight, so if anybody falls asleep during my sermon, oh, there's going to be trouble when we get home. I don't know if y'all are tired or not, but. Uh, ball games and ball dropping, but uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time here talking about a new year and new goals, not just for Christians, but for a church. It's a new year, new beginnings, Uh, a new time to think about where your life has been up until now and where you're to go from here on out. And me and Harold talked this morning, we're going to spend the next six months, me and him, writing 2022 on everything. So sometime in July we'll figure it out, and we'll get back to 2023. But the last few years have been something else, haven't they? But through it all, God has blessed us, blessed our church. And if there's one thing clearer, we see that our God is faithful, even when we're not. God is our strength and our power, even when it seems like our world is falling apart. And no matter what we thought of last year, God has a plan for us in the new year. So today, I want us to focus on the new year and all God has planned for us. Every year, God has plans and directions for his church. The problem is, are we ready? Our goal should always be to put God first and to live for him. So what is your goal today? In our scripture passage this morning, it gives us four goals that we need to set so that we are focused on God. So let's read Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 12. The Bible says, Not as though I had already attained, neither were ready, were already perfect. But I follow after that I if that I may have apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we come before you once again, Father, Lord, we ask your blessing upon the reading of your word. Father, now prepare us. Lord, prepare our hearts to receive your word. And Father, help us to understand that our life is just a, a journey with a finish line being heaven. But while we're running this race, Father, we're not to walk. We're not to stop, but we're to press on, reaching for that end. Knowing the importance of working for the kingdom of God. Father, we do want to see heaven full, like Jan says. And Father, it's up to us to be your church, to go forth with that message of Jesus Christ as the light of the world, to point people to Him so that they too can be saved. But Father, it will only happen if we commit completely to You and set goals for ourselves, Father that we can keep our focus on you. Now, Father, be with us as we get into your word. For it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. So these goals are simple. And I'm sure that uh, it's ones that we all know. But sometimes it is good to remind ourselves that as Christians, we are called to serve God. We're called to follow Jesus Christ. To carry his message of salvation to the world. And God makes it possible for us to live in his will. He gives us a purpose. He gives us his power. And Paul gives us these goals so that we are in a position to serve God. So first, let's look at the first one. Paul tells us, don't be satisfied. Look at verse 12 again. He says, not as though I'd already obtained, neither were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may uh, apprehend, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Listen, if you're not constantly moving, then you're going backwards. And we cannot serve God by standing still. Are we comfortable in our spiritual life? Paul says, don't be comfortable in your spiritual life. Never be satisfied with where you are. Never be content." Paul lets the Philippian church here know very quickly that even though he's accomplished great things, even though he's working for the Lord, he's not perfect. He's not obtained a thing what he needs to obtain, and that's to be more like Christ. Paul says, I'm not there. I don't care where you think I am. I don't care if you think I'm perfect. I am not where I need to be. Paul knew in his heart that he needed to be more and more and more like Christ. That's the goal. We must keep moving. Keep growing closer to God. Here's the attitude we need to have. Looking back over the past year and seeing the amount of time you spend reading your Bible, praying, giving, serving, worshiping, and loving was nowhere near enough. So this coming year, we must do better. We must do more. We must give more. We must pray more. We must study more. Being satisfied is not pleasing to God. We can't be content thinking we have obtained all that we need to do for the Lord or thinking that we are close to Jesus and and, and He's perfect. We can never be perfect. Matthew 5, 6 tells us, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. God wants you to be hungry. He wants you to be thirsty. He wants you to have a desire for more. Because, it is, uh, because he's ready and willing to supply us of our need. Don't be satisfied, but have that desire for righteousness. Paul says we're a work in progress. But progress is the key. We can't stop. Uh, Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident is this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's knowing that God is working on you. Now, how can we ever be satisfied knowing that He's working? We stop, but He's still working. He doesn't stop, so we should continue to move closer to God. Verse fourteen in this this passage says, "I press towards the mark." It's like a runner looking at the finish line. He doesn't get close to the finish line, starts jogging, or starts slowing down, or starts crawling. No, he goes faster, he leans, he's reaching for it, he's pressing to the mark. He's striving to meet that goal, and God wants us to keep pressing to be more like Christ in our actions, in our speech, in our love, in our giving forgiveness. I feel as if the last two years of the church has been kind of coasting. Well, this year our goal should be to put the pedal to the metal and press towards the mark that God has set before us. We have to be careful, or we will become complacent. We get to uh, the point where we're no long, we no longer care. Nothing touches us. Uh, nothing, nothing touches us enough to make us leave our comfort zone. We have been coasting so long that nothing moves us to urgency. We don't have outreach the way we should. We are content, Are we content to let people die without a relationship with Jesus Christ. We can't forget the goal He set for us. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. His mission is our work. And it must be done with urgency. In 2 Peter 3, 8-9, through 9, the Bible says, But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is uh, with the Lord a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. And the Lord is not slack." Concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, was long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. (coughs) But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, into which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt uh, melt with fervor and and the earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burnt up. He tells us right there very quickly. He says, our time with the Lord is going to be like a thousand years in one day. But right now, he's not slack concerning his promises. He's willing, not willing that any should perish, but all will come to repentance. But the time will come when the day will end, when it will be over. There will be no more chances, no more opportunities for anybody to come to know Christ. We're on God's timetable. And when you're on God's timetable, you don't know when it will end. Bill mentioned, he said, we could be raptured away this year. We don't know. So time is short, so we must work while we can. It's precious. We can't be satisfied. On Wednesday night, we're going through uh, Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love. And several lessons deal with how we are to love God and what God expects from us. Like in Matthew 22, 37-38, the Bible says, And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. It's very clear what God wants from us. He wants our all. In Luke 14, 26, it says, And whosoever uh, doeth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Jesus says, you're to give up yourself. You're to give up what you want and live for me. I gave my life for you on the cross I expect you to live daily to give your life to me, to be used for this kingdom of God. God wants our best to follow Jesus. Crazy Love had topics like the profile of the lukewarm or serving leftovers to a holy God. We know God loves us. We know the commitment he had for us. What great love that he sent his son to die for us. But how do we show our love for him? We are commanded to love him with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our soul. Yet when we realize that we don't, and we just accept it. We don't like it, but we accept it. We sit there and say, well, you know, I, uh, some days I love him more than other days, and, and some days I'm pretty close to 100%, but most days I, I just can't quite get there. There's something wrong with that. There's something deeply troubling about that. You know, we're all the time talking about revival. Revival. We need revival. Well, we'll never have revival until we realize that if you're not loving God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, you're sinning against God because you're commanded to give Him your all. So at that point, there should be a, a, a thing that happens in your mind where you realize that you're sinning against the Almighty God. You should be ripping your clothes. You should be falling on, the floor, on your face before God, begging for forgiveness. But we don't do that. For some reason, we figure it's okay to justify the fact that we don't love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our soul. We're breaking His commandment. We're content because we know that if we truly serve God, as He requires, we can't be satisfied. We have to move. We have to leave our pews and carry the gospel message outside these walls. That's what we've got to do, church. We need to beg for forgiveness and try to explain to God, uh, uh, not try to explain to him, but confess to God that we want to love him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. We can't be satisfied in our service or in our sin. Second. Our goal must be to be devoted to him. Look at verse 13. Brethren, I count uh, not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Paul says this one thing I do. This is Paul's statement of devotion. Paul says, I don't care what you think about me. I don't care... What you say about me, I don't care what, how you describe me to other people, but I want you to know one thing. I, I, I count myself as this one thing that I do. I carry the gospel to people who need it. That's the one thing I do. The one thing I do is to try to stay in the will of God and do what he's called me to do. Paul's Christianity wasn't part of his life. It was the only thing to him that mattered. You know, our life is like a wheel. Wheels have spokes. And each spoke is a different thing that comes off your will. It could be work and school and spouse and children and parents and hobbies and church and friends. You're, you're pulled in so many different directions. But serving God isn't one of the things that we do. It is the one thing that matters. It is the will that we actually do everything through. It isn't one of the spokes your service to God, your Christianity should be the will in which everything else flows from. Your children should know that, yeah, I'm your father, but the most important thing I want you to see in my life is that I believe in Jesus Christ, that I serve Him above everything else. Everything in your life should be devoted to Him, and everybody should know, hey, this is the one thing I do. Somebody calls you and says, we, we, we're going to go out and party tonight. No, I'm sorry, this is the one thing I do. Right here, this is what I do. And if that doesn't go with this, then that's not going to happen. Because this is the one thing I do. Serving God isn't, isn't just something we do. It's the one thing we do. We must be determined. We must be dedicated. Church, we must be dedicated to the, to the gospel. It's hard to go out and tell people you need Jesus Christ when we're not dedicated to him ourselves. Paul said, I serve God. It's the one thing I do. That's devotion." So what are we devoted to? We won't miss our team's play. We don't miss the hunting season. We uh, we know exactly when the creeks get stocked with trout. We don't miss any of the activities of our loved ones. But we'll miss church services. We miss opportunities to witness. We miss uh, out on, on giving to those in need. And we miss reading our Bibles and praying the way we should. So what are you devoted to today, church? Colossians 3.17 says, and whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Everything we do should reflect our devotion to God. We only can only have one master. Seems now sometimes I think we, we try to serve self and try to serve. Uh, family, try to serve church, try to serve God. But Luke sixteen thirteen says, "No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other." You can't serve God and man. God's a jealous God. God said, "You serve me and serve nothing else, or it'll never work." So, what are you holding to? What are you serving? Are you serving self or serving God? can't be a combination. That's why he said, I need all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Because if you keep any of it, you'll give it to something else besides me. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. I love that. I love that reasonable service. Because sometimes we think It's awful. We have to give everything we have to God. We have to give him all of our heart, all of our our, our mind, all of our soul. God says, I give you all of my son. I made him flesh. He went to the cross. I poured my wrath upon him when he didn't deserve it so that you could stand in righteousness, in his righteousness before me. I gave you my all. Why would I expect anything less from you? Being devoted to God means giving Him your all. Sacrifice your will for His. You know the difference between an amateur and a professional? An amateur does things from time to time. Where a professional is devoted to something full time. It's his life work. We can't serve God from time to time. God demands... It to be our full time life's work. The one thing we do. Anything less, and we're lukewarm, and God says, You make me sick. We must become a church of devoted believers, 24 7, devoted to the one thing we do, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Third, we must seek direction. Look at the second part of verse 13. It says, forgetting those things which were behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. With a new year, it's natural to look back over the previous year but it cannot be our focus in moving forward. You know, we've had a lot of things happen to us in the last year. We've lost a lot of loved ones, and, and, and a lot of things have happened to us, and uh, uh, good things and bad things. But Luke nine sixty two tells us, and Jesus says unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. It's okay to look back and, and to, to reminisce, but that's not your focus. When you put your hand to the plow, you look forward. If you want to keep your roads straight, you better keep your eyes straight. you start looking around, they'll be all over the place. And there's no reason to keep looking back because all our service for the kingdom of God is ahead of us. Listen, I don't care what you did last year. God doesn't care what you did last year. God says, I care what you do right now, this very minute, walking out today, and what you do from here forward is what I care about. All your sins in the past, I've forgiven you. All all your failures, is, is over with. All I care about is right now, the past is past. If we're truly going to be used by God, then we must focus on the work that God has set before us. No looking at past successes. Not being content with how much work we did before. No looking at past failures or sins was God's, God's forgiveness and forgot it. And we should too. Satan will remind you because that's what he does. He wants, you to, wants us to focus on anything but God's direction for our life. You know why most New Year's resolutions fail? Because people stop trying. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a just man follows seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. God says, I don't care how many times you fail. I don't care how many times you mess up. I don't care how many times uh, uh, that that you just uh, uh, collapse. What I care about is that you get back up knowing I give you the power to move forward. Winston Churchill says, Success is not uh, final. Failure is not final. It is the courage to continue that counts. The courage to get back up and keep moving. We must continue in the path that God has set for us. And if we go to the Lord seeking direction, He'll give us direction. We also can't look back at past bitternesses. It's hard. Bitterness is that root that grows in your heart that keeps us from serving God. If anyone in the Old Testament should have been bitter, it should have been Joseph. He was betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, ended up in prison. But Joseph realized that uh, forgiveness was a choice. And bitterness doesn't hurt the person that you're bitter towards. Bitterness just poisons you and destroys your service to God. So Joseph realized that his brothers may have meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Joseph became second in command over all of Egypt and saved his people because he let go of the bitterness and gave forgiveness. And Jesus tells us the best reason to keep looking forward. In John 4.35, he says, Say not ye, there are yet four months and then cometh the harvest. He says, Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are white already into harvest. The disciples were there and and he was, they were going, he was trying to train them and said, when I leave here, you're going to be able to do this. And they were waiting and waiting to see what was going to happen. And he says, right now, the harvest is ripe right now. People are ready right now. Now is the time to work. His church needs to be focused on the lost. There is uh, little time to spare. We must work quickly and, and take this glorious gospel of Christ to a lost and dying world. We must never take our eyes off the mission. We need outreach. We need people who are willing to go and take that gospel message to this community. People are dying every day without Christ and and, and we're just sitting back and letting it happen. We have to understand the direction he has for us. And finally, we must be determined. Look at verse 14. It said, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We know there's a finish line for all of us in this life. And we've all come to the end of our service one day. Paul says, don't jog to that finish line. Don't walk to that finish line. Paul says, press to the mark. Because you don't know where your finish line is. God does. Paul uses the idea of a runner focused on that tapered finish line. No distractions, no stumbling, reaching, leaning, stretching forward to mark. Paul's spiritual goal is clear. The high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul can't look back because his goal is clear. Being in heaven with the Lord. The ultimate reward for his faithful service. It is so important that we are determined to serve God. The lost... We lost a lot of good people in the past year. And this year could be the last for some of us. It would be the last for all of us if the rapture comes. We're not promised another day. So we must be determined to serve God every minute while we can. John chapter 9, verses 4 and 5, it says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus said this about his work that the Father had sent him to do. And we can say this same thing about the work that we're to continue after he's gone. To continue to shine his light into a world that desperately needs to see that there's hope. That desperately needs to see that there's a way out. To desperately see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But time is getting shorter each day. And we must be determined. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The more we work, the more God will bless. The more we do for Him, the more determined we are, the more fruit we'll produce for for the Master." My desire for the upcoming year, my desire for coming to Baptist Church, is that we refuse to be satisfied, that we're devoted to the work He's called us to do, the one thing we do, that we seek His direction, and His direction only, and that we be determined to keep our eye on the prize. I hope that's your uh, goals this year too. If not, maybe they are now. If God's speaking to your heart. Church, we've got a lot of work to do. We've got a lot of pews to fill, but not just that. We've got a lot of people who need to hear about Jesus Christ. It just absolutely blows my mind so many people celebrate Christmas and have no idea why. Santa Claus and presents and Christmas trees and lights. They just really don't get it. They don't know. We know. Do you see the difference? We're to take the light that, that made us see who Christ was and give to someone else. Every head valley, Bally closed? The one thing we do, I think that's going to be my motto for this year. So, what's your job? What's your occupation? I don't matter. Let me tell you about the one thing I do. Proclaim Jesus Christ. Live for him. Make a goal this year to Every day, tell someone about Jesus. Make it that one thing you do. That you live for him. That you're not satisfied with your life. That you're dedicated to the gospel. That you're seeking his direction. That you're pressing on, determined to reach as many people as you can for it's too late. See how God will bless this church. Bless your life. Bless your marriage. Bless your family. Bless your work. Focus on anybody here today doesn't know Christ as your Savior, today should be the day. January the 1st, 2023. Wouldn't it would be wonderful if you could tell everybody that was your birthday? Not the day you were born, but the day you were born spiritually, the day you come to know Christ as your Savior. The day you stepped out of your sins and your failures. and you stepped into His righteousness. and stood before God as His child. Part of the kingdom of God. It's so simple. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish without Church, if you're here today and you believe in Jesus Christ, you've been coasting for a while, you feel like you're not growing spiritually, you're, or you're just uh, satisfied with where you are. Let me tell you something God's not satisfied with that. I want you to be determined, dedicated, present, and moving, and growing, and becoming more and more and more like Christ. I think it's wonderful that we can never be like you. Because it also means we should never stop trying. And if you're sitting here today, and you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm okay. I'm, I'm pretty good. Then you're setting yourself judging against someone else. Well, Jesus is your Are you like him? Or do you live like he lived? Do you love like he loved? Do you forgive like he forgave? Then you're nowhere near where you need to be. Keep pressing. Keep praying. Keep serving. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before you this morning, Father, to thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving this church. For the last few years, Father, you've really blessed. Father, help us do the work you've created us to do. Father, we're here for a reason. Outside these walls, there's a multitude of people who are hopeless, who are lost and dying, who have no chance of salvation since they hear the gospel. Father, your servants were carriers of the gospel. We're carriers of that light. We're to take it and shine into people's hearts so that they can see who Christ is. Help, please help us to do that. Break our hearts over the sin and condition of our lives. But then pick us back up, Father, and move us in the direction of us to go. To bring you honor, Lord. Father, I pray this, that you will guide us, direct us, to be what you want us to be, for we love you, we thank you, Jesus. in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's all stand together and sing our closing hymn of praise, just. To-